Good morning. Uh, welcome again to Morning Devotions here uh, with me on Thursday morning, June 20, June 29th. <laughs> Skipping ahead a few weeks here, uh, June 18th. It is June 18th. Uh, so glad you could be with us that we can be together opening God's Word this morning. Uh, so good to be here. So, wanted to open with a word of prayer, and then we will uh, look at a reading from the Psalms and a reading from Luke's Gospel as well. So would you quiet your hearts with me for prayer this morning? Gracious and loving God, we offer ourselves to you this day and look faithfully for opportunities to witness to your love, mercy, and grace. Open our hearts and, and our minds to be receptive to the guidance of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And indeed, we do pray that we'd be open to God's spirit, his leading, his presence in our lives. So this morning, we're going to read from the first eight verses of Psalm 78. So Psalm 78, verses 1 to 8. And this is the, the first verse will be what we think about with this and also the reading from the gospel as well. O oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commandments. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. So the psalmist rests the idea of passing on the faith with proclaiming and telling all that God has done in your lives. And I think this is especially important for uh, us as parents and, and also grandparents, uh, you know, that we're not just passing on, this is what you need to think, or this is what you need to believe. Those doctrine uh, boundaries and, you know, some of those teachings, that's important, uh, especially, you know, in the more mainline traditions that have, have catechisms and teachings and, you know, this, this sort of thing, the, the basic summary of the faith, that's important to hand down. But the psalmist, you know, identifies that relationship with God is more than just something handed down. You know, this is what you're, we think. This is what we believe. Instead, it's telling of all that God has done for us. And I fear that might be a missing component in so many churches. You know, so often we want to 
say, this is what you have to believe, this is what you have to do, you know, kind of fill in the check marks, check boxes, and once you do that, you're, you're good to go. That leads to a lifeless faith. It leads to a lifeless faith instead of a faith that's alive, with a God that's alive, a God that's active and moving in our hearts and in our lives. That truly is what I desire for my kids, for, for the kids here in, in our church, for all of us, for each generation to know not just a, a lifeless God, but a God who is active, a God who is involved in every area, every aspect of our lives. Tell of all he has done. Proclaim it to each generation. So important to remember, to declare, to proclaim all that God has done for us. So it makes it personal, right? It makes him personal and alive. So I wanted to turn over now to Luke chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 to 20. Yeah, 1 to 20. Luke 3, 1 to 20. And here's some of these similar uh, themes of a living and active God. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and Traconitus, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, The man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what shall we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water. 
but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whom sandals I am unworthy to untie. He will baptize you with the spirit and with the fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of the Herodias, because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked up John in prison. Again, this is an account of, of the kingdom of God. You know, these are, are kingdom of God principles. We hear similar things Jesus uh, teaches in the Sermon on the Mount and in other places. You know, if you have one tunic, give to those who don't have any. If you have, if you have enough, give to those who don't have enough. Be content, be happy with what you have in, in life. Uh, you know, these kingdom realities. But they're, they're personal things as well, right? Uh, you know, the tax collectors, John hits right at what they were doing. The soldiers, John again hits home with, you know, don't abuse your position. The very things that many of the tax collectors and soldiers were known to be doing. And then Herod. John addresses Herod uh, in Herodias. He addresses the evil things that they were doing. And it says that Herod had John locked up in prison. He, he took offense to what John was, was calling him to. And, and, and more to the point, what God was calling the people to. You see, again, it's not... The gospel isn't just something that's out there, you know, something for others to know or, you know, something for us just to have, you know, kind of memorized. It's personal. It's life-changing. The kingdom of God is life-changing, life-bringing. It truly is good news for us all. And I pray that you know that good news, that you've experienced the transformation of the gospel in your heart, in your life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you want to be personal. As uncomfortable as it is, as, as much as, as sometimes in our, our life of selfishness, our, our life of sin, that we would rather you stay distant. That we would rather you just be a, a list of rules to follow or, or doctrines to acknowledge. But we know, Lord, that you are living, you are active, and, and you desire a changed heart, a changed life, a life devoted to you, a life given to you. And so, Lord, we do pray that our lives would be changed by the power of your Spirit as we hear and, and encounter and truly experience all that the resurrection of your Son Jesus offers to us. 
have your way with us. As uncomfortable, as difficult as it may be, Lord, have your way among us. And open our mouths to proclaim all that you have done for us, to proclaim your goodness, your, your mighty deeds, your, your works in our lives. That our children, our, our grandchildren, the generations to come would know and would proclaim you as Lord and King. And so together with those open mouths proclaiming who you are, we are bold to pray together this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So as we close our time together this morning, I just wanted to share these two watchwords, these uh, scriptures for us to focus and meditate on this morning. First from Genesis 6.22. It says that Noah did all that God commanded him. And from Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So that ends our time together this morning. Uh, just a couple of, of reminders and notes here. Uh, this Sunday, we are trying just one service at 11 a.m., uh, we can have 30 people upstairs and we'll have an overflow room downstairs. Uh, when you come to church, we will be looking initially for a few volunteers, uh, thinking we'll need probably about 20 people or so to go downstairs. So if you're willing to do that, yeah, follow directions that way, just so you're aware. If not, you're up here worshiping with us Sunday 11. We'll be live streaming as well uh, for those that aren't able or uh, just for whatever reason, you're not comfortable or, or not able to come to worship on Sunday. Uh, there'll be resources for you to worship at home, trinityleader.ca, all the information, all the links there for what you need for Sunday. Uh, I'll make a recording for devotions tomorrow morning. Uh, that'll be up at 8.30 again. Then that'll be the last time you see me for a little while. I'm Taking a few days off, uh, family and I are going camping next week after church on Sunday. Uh, I'll be back Thursday uh, with morning devotions and back in the office then. So, uh, yeah, just so you know, don't be expecting to hear from me early next week. Still encourage you to open God's word to be together with him in that time. But blessings on your day today. Uh, May you have open mouths proclaiming all that God has done for you, uh, his presence to you, his presence with you in your life, that all would know him and proclaim his mighty deeds. Blessings this morning.